This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast. I'm really enjoying these, and it's so cool to see all of you responding. Actually, a few of you have reached out to me and uh, just let me know how much these are blessing you. So I really hope they are. Let's jump straight into the Word and trust the Holy Spirit to touch you right where you are. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that you have given us. Jesus, you said that we would never be left alone, that you will not leave us as orphans, but the Holy Spirit would come. And so right now we take a moment to enjoy your presence, Lord, to look at you and love you and to worship you. And we do worship you, Jesus. We give you glory. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we need you. You're beautiful. You're beautiful and perfect. We worship you. Why don't you just take a moment where you are and just worship the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We love you. Just right there in your car or, you know, maybe you're at the gym. I don't know what you're doing, but just just begin to worship the Lord. Jesus, you're so holy and perfect and faithful and loving and kind and amazing. And we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. You're worthy of all glory. Lord, we know you're here. We know you're here. We sense your presence. And we want you to know that we're thankful to have you here. And we love you and we need you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, isn't his presence amazing? It's pure and holy food and sometimes we just need to hit the brakes and and enjoy him and love him and it's just so important that we don't blow by him and get so in a hurry that we forget to talk to him even some of you leaders who are in the church some of you christian leaders or you know whatever maybe you're an evangelist maybe you're so gung-ho about winning souls that you forgot to Tell Jesus you love him. You know, at the end of the day, he's the one who wins the lost. He's the one who heals the sick. Without him, we can do absolutely nothing. So I'm praying that there would be a fresh dependency that jumps up in your heart today. You know, we just finished the Jesus 17. It was amazing. For those of you who came, I hope you were as blessed as I was. There were so many wars and so many mountains. So much opposition we faced. You name it, it seems like we walked through it. From Two hurricanes. One hit us. The other one threatened us. Well, actually, three. Oh, it was a tough, tough road. Financial uh, burdens and financial breakthroughs and financial miracles, thank God. We did make budget. Praise the Lord. What a miracle. And working with people who made things difficult. Um, yeah, it was just full of of uh, hurdle after hurdle. Yet the Lord came in such an amazing way. So many moments stand out to me. You know, I think of how we started off that night 
uh, that that event in prayer in the green room, asking the Lord to move. Daniel Kalenda preached the gospel that opening night, and Jesus culture led. It was so so wonderful. And then the next day, we just hit the ground running. I think with uh, with Sean Bowles and you name it, we just went down the list. Brian Guerin, Dave, and Eric. And um, that night, I believe, yeah, Kenneth Copeland spoke. What an event that was. Hosting Kenneth Copeland was just amazing. He in himself was like a moving event. I mean, he got up at 80 years old, began to sing, and up and down the stairs, down on the platform, walking around, singing, preaching, singing, walking. It was just incredible uh, to watch him flow in the anointing that God has given him was so beautiful. And for him to invest so much time into us intentionally to impart faith to us and encourage us to go for it on behalf of America, it was just amazing. The next day, Marilyn Hickey took the the platform in the morning. It was just phenomenal. And then we went straight into a panel where all of the young guys uh, minister or uh, Actually, they didn't ask questions this time. I asked the questions, and we had answers from uh, Sister Pena and uh, uh, Marilyn and and Kenneth Copeland, and then the young guys got in on it too, just all celebrating each other. What we all honor in one another and what we got to receive from young and old was a beautiful picture of what I believe the Lord is is doing right now, and that was just amazing. And then Jesse... I think I think I'm way off, but anyway, somebody else was at two o'clock, which was just an incredible time. And then the next day, Saturday morning, we had uh, Jessica and uh, Todd and myself and Lou, and then Lou Engle before me, actually. And I'm just man, the glory of God that came was just amazing makes me want to go back in another way i'm glad it's it's that we press through it and kind of you know find some rhythm in life again it's it's an all out all in type deal uh, at these so i want to thank all of you who came i want to thank all of you who partnered i want to thank all of you who gave financially all of the volunteers thank you so much i want to thank our team just for doing an incredible job. All of the guest speakers and guest worship leaders, Upper Room, Jesus Image, Jesus Culture, uh, Amy Reed came down from Buffalo, Roy Fields, the whole crew. So I just love all of you. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, thank you so much. You guys are amazing, and I love you. So why don't we jump into the Word? Actually, before I do, before I do, that's the beauty of these podcasts that I can just be natural, that they're not super produced and rehearsed. In fact, they're not rehearsed at all. God moved so powerfully, so many healings, so many people saved. It blew me away. Watching people run down to the altar to give their lives to the Lord. The outreach teams, I think we sent out 400 the first day uh, that were trained to minister and just learn how to win the lost as a lifestyle. Again, the second day, and then we had the healing rooms. There were scores of healings in the healing rooms that were still getting the reports back. They've been actually on the way here to record. 
somebody called me, somebody in their church, a mother and daughter healed of, of a gluten allergy. Um, people are taking blood tests to confirm the healings that they feel in their bodies. Just, just outstanding uh, power being manifested, all to glorify Jesus. And so I feel like we've tapped into something that is cutting edge that, 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 that God is doing, that God is wanting to empower the body to see the bride of Christ flow in the presence and power of the Spirit and then corporately learn how to house Him, and how to steward His presence. These two working together, I believe, will bring revival to America. So we are jumping on and clinging to what Reinhardt said a few years ago, that America shall be saved. America shall be saved. I believe it. It's time we hold on to it. It's time we say it. It's time we put it up in our churches. It's time we we uh, have it in our, you know, write it down in our Bibles, in our journals, that it's up in our offices, that, that let's come into agreement as the people of God that America shall be saved. I believe it with all my heart especially after seeing Jesus 17. I believe the fires of revival are going to burn through America and the nations. That's all I wanted to say about that. Now let's jump into the scriptures. I want you to look at John 18, verse 9. And I want to talk to you today about Jesus the shepherd. It's John 18, 9. Let's read that. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. So if you're taking notes, just write this down. Jesus is a faithful shepherd. Let's read that verse again. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. The faithfulness of Jesus is absolutely perfect. You can stand on it, as Miss Kuhlman used to say, you can stake your life on thus saith the Lord. Jesus is such a faithful shepherd in so many different ways. Think of what a good shepherd does. Think of all of the different uh, qualities, the different areas of our life that a good shepherd would take care of. Why is Jesus the good shepherd? Well, let's, let's let the Word answer the Word. He answers that in John chapter 10, Verses 11 through 13. He says, I am the good shepherd, and this is why. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. That's John 10, 11 through 13. So the fact that Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd means that he takes complete ownership of this title. He has a burning passion to lead and faithfully guide your life. So, Jesus is not reluctant about taking care of you. He wants to take care of you. To the degree that he calls himself the good shepherd. And what makes him good? 
the fact that he'll die for you, the fact that he did die for you, I should say. He's proven his goodness as it pertains to being a shepherd by being willing to lay his life down for you so that the wolf will not have his way in your life and the wolf is Satan. Now, Satan didn't take Jesus out. Jesus laid his life down. But Jesus died so that we would be safe from the wolf. And he also identifies another type of shepherd. He identifies the one who's in it for the money. We call those hirelings. You know, when I was pastoring in Los, in uh, Southern Cal, there were people who wanted me to pay them to stack chairs. It was almost impossible to get somebody to volunteer. And a, a lot of that had to do with me being an immature leader and not really knowing what I was doing. I was burning in my heart, but I had so much to learn. But I just remember everyone who, who wanted to sing wanted money. Everybody who wanted to stack chairs wanted money. Every, getting the people to sow into the vision was just about impossible. And to be honest with you, when somebody comes to the ministry at Jesus Image and they want to, you know, get a job, if the first thing out of their mouth is, what do you, what do you pay? Man, I just, I can't get them out of the interview lo- quick enough. Those are the emails I delete. Why? Because we're not in this for the money. Does God care about our finances? Of course. Does God care about our provision? Of course. He's provider and shepherd. And we're going to see in a moment here that part of being a shepherd is being a provider. But the point is this. At the core, what makes Jesus the good shepherd is that he's proven his goodness by the fact that he's willing to die so that the wolf won't touch your life. He died so that not only would you go to heaven, but so that you could live a life here on earth free from the power of the devil. So remember, he does not shepherd us reluctantly. He shepherds us with passion and zeal and loves to shepherd us. Listen to Isaiah forty nine fifteen. The scripture says, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. This is God saying there's a better chance that a mother forgets the child that's nursing on her. There's a better chance that a mother forgets a child that she just gave birth to. In other words, imagine a mom having a baby in the hospital and then a minute later forgetting that she ever had one. Or imagine that baby uh, there, you know, they put him there in those little cribs that are nice and warm and that, that you know, that, that baby's laying there. It's, 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 it's 10 minutes old and the mother's there in the bed. And could you imagine the mother 10 minutes into it forgetting that she ever had a baby? Or imagine that baby crying and somebody saying, oh, uh, your baby's crying. And the mom says, well, I, I didn't even know I had one. Oh, do I have a baby? Of course not. This is impossible. No mother would do that. But the scripture says here that God is saying there's a better chance that that, that happened than I forget you. God is a faithful shepherd. Isaiah 40, verse 11. Isaiah forty eleven, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. This is a beautiful, tender picture of how faithful the Lord is 
as our shepherd, that he keeps us close to him, that he carries the lambs in his arms, and actually the scripture says here, holds them close to his heart. This is the nature of Jesus. He can be trusted as our shepherd. Why am I talking about this? Because people are wondering, can Jesus be trusted? If I completely sell out, can they be trusted? Or can he be trusted, I should say? Can I really dig in prayer? And am I going to crack into an encounter that, that, that I don't understand? I've heard all of these things. If I really yield my life to somebody uh, in a meeting or to what they're saying, or if give my heart over in a meeting to the Lord and just say, you know, touch me. Sometimes what keeps God from touching us or what keeps us from really living a life that shapes history is that we hold back because we're afraid of the unknown. We want to control things. We want to we want to keep our hands on the Lord and what that's or, or, or on our destiny, I should say. And what that's really saying is, is that I don't I don't trust Jesus as my shepherd. But remember, he can be trusted. He's tender and loving and faithful. So a shepherd is good because ultimately a good shepherd and the good shepherd, Jesus, lays his life down. He's willing to die for the sheep. He's also our he's also our protection. A shepherd protects. They they have full on devotion towards their sheep. They they are jealous of them in a good way or for them. They are jealous for them in a good way. The sheep are his property. And so they understand that he died on a cross to purchase them. So the sheep of Jesus' flock have been purchased by the blood. And he's been raised again to protect us from the wolf and from other predators, such as sin, death, and Satan. You say, well, everyone's going to die. Well, it depends on how you look at that. Christians never die. We leave our body, but according to the scriptures, death, the way the world see it, sees it, does not belong to us. We don't cease to exist. The word death in Greek is apethanomen, which means to separate. We, 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 the biblical word for death is just separation. Yeah, we'll leave our body, but, but we never die. We're never cut off from the Lord. True death is to be cut off from, from the presence of God. And so we'll never taste that because he tasted it. So maybe you've been abandoned. Have you been abandoned by those who promised to help you? Were you forsaken in your worst time? Were you thought maybe family and friends would be there for you when, when you or your, you know, those close to you were going through a difficult time? Did they stay or did they leave? Did, did those who you really thought cared about you, did they vanish at the first sight of opposition that came your way? And did they leave you to fight this battle all by yourself? Not Jesus. The Lord will never leave you when attacks come. Never, ever, ever. He will stand by your side in the worst of circumstances. I want you to get that deep into your heart. No matter what the world throws at you, Jesus will never, ever leave you. Why? Because you belong to him. And when attacks come, that's when he steps up. I remember in 1999, I was in my room. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was just sitting there resting in the middle of the day, 
sitting back on my, my bed, just taking a break. Back then I was playing professional golf, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I had like a break between sessions. And while I was sitting there on the bed, this horrible feeling came into my room. It was cold, and literally you could feel like, like a, a cold breeze come in. It was horrible. And fear was mixed in to that atmosphere. It was the most fear I've ever felt in my life. It was putrid and disgusting and straight from the pit of hell. And so there I was, just taken back by this fear. And I looked to the door, my bedroom door, and there was this figure standing there with another figure standing behind it. The one standing in front was about seven and a half feet tall with a hood over his head with long hands, long limbs, very skinny, black hood, looked just like a grim reaper, with a mist coming out of his face. You couldn't see his face. It was like his face was this mist. And behind him stood another demon. I believe that spirit that came was the spirit of death. And then there was another demon behind it trying to get me to agree with hell's destiny for my life. It literally uttered, a prophecy that was demonic over my life. And it was the complete opposite of the prophetic destiny that was on my life that I received as a boy in my father-in-law's meetings and through others. I learned then that hell has a counterfeit plan and hell needs our agreement to broker that plan into our life. So they were trying to get me to say yes to their plan, and they were using fear to threaten me. So, in other words, if you don't say yes, we're going to turn the fear up, and you're going to lose your mind here. So hurry up and say yes to, to, to hell's destiny, and then this whole thing can end. But I wouldn't agree. I, I wasn't walking very closely with the Lord at the time at all, but I just knew in my heart that it was not good to agree with this destiny. All of a sudden... The, the, the spirit of death-looking, horrible-looking spirit came and grabbed me by the throat and held me down to my bed. And it began to choke me with anger and hatred, and I couldn't move it. I couldn't move that thing an inch. Back then, I was a lot bigger and a lot stronger, but I still couldn't move the thing. And so I jumped to my feet somehow miraculously, and when I did... Um, the most glorious white light came into the room from, from behind me. And the spirit was still in front of me, choking me. And this, this beautiful light, like liquid lava light, it could be felt and grabbed and experienced. It was amazing. To, to, it was the complete opposite of what came in with those spirits. The moment that spirit of death locked eyes on Jesus who stood behind me, he took off out of my room, hung a left down the hallway, and he ran like a three-year-old little girl from, I mean, it wasn't even a contest. I love what Bill Johnson says. He said, there's no contest between God and the devil. Man, we give the devil way too much credit. There is no—the war has been won. The war has been won. And so that spirit took a left down the hallway and ran for dear life. My mom was in the hall, was in the house, 
And she screamed out loud, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. So she saw it too. Oh, what an eye-opener that was. I began to discover how protective Jesus is. And I'm so grateful to him for being so faithful. I discovered that day how protective and how faithful he is. Of course, I wish he would have came about five minutes earlier. But he wouldn't have it that that spirit take me out. He fought for me. And that's what a good shepherd does. Remember, he is our protection. He never leaves us when attacks come our way. You just need to remember something. I believe that worshiping Jesus and not giving the devil any attention when all hell comes to disrupt us and distract us, it's the best spiritual warfare. It's better than stomping, screaming, and shouting. Of course, we use the Word of God. But when you mingle that Word into the atmosphere of worship and you begin to give your attention to Jesus and ignore the attacks and ignore the devil and ignore what hell is trying to throw at you, it just seems to fade away in the light of his presence. I think so many times we become so aware of the attack that the attack becomes our reality. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, the Scripture says. So giving our attention to the Lord through worship, through the Word, it will assault those attacks without us even trying. And Jesus will begin fighting for us. We always take better care of things that belong to us, and God looks at us the same way. So when you're part of his flock, your security is Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. You should just thank him for that. That's an amazing truth. Let's listen to Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So just make it your mission to spend every moment at the side of the Lord. And he'll use his awesome power to place a hedge of protection around you that nothing can penetrate. Lastly, and then I'm going to, I think we'll jump on Jesus the shepherd again next week. But he's also, number one, he's the good shepherd. Number two, he's our protection. Number three, he's the praying shepherd. But actually, before we get into the praying shepherd, one more for for him being our protection. It's John 10, 28. No one can snatch them out of my hand. You know what? We're going to stop there. Nobody. We'll get into the praying shepherd next week. Nobody. No one. Nobody. No demon. No principality. No friend. No family member. No enemy. No pastor, no preacher, nobody, 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 nobody can snatch us out of the hand of Jesus. Not the Antichrist, not Satan, not the false prophet, not the spirit of death, not the entire accumulation of every demon and Satan himself. Nobody, all of them put together, no one can snatch us out of the hands of Jesus. No one. So I want to encourage you today. I'm sure many of you are going through a rough time. We all do. This is just, it's part of life. Maybe you just feel like you've been misunderstood. Maybe you feel like people are talking about you. Maybe you feel like like, like you're alone. Whatever that might be. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're sick. Maybe all of this matters to the Lord, but nobody can snatch you out 
of his presence. No one. You need to know that, that he's faithful. He is faithful. He is present. He is true. The Bible says that he honors his word above his own name. His word above his own name. That means when Jesus said, nobody can snatch you out of my hand, he honors that promise above the name of God. And the Bible says that Jesus has the name above all names. Think of that. He earned that. That's what Philippians teaches us, that he earned the name above all names because he died in obedience to the Father and not only died, but died the death of the cross. And this name has been earned. It's the most mighty name. And so, but Jesus so badly wants us to be tr- to trust Him, so that we can have a relationship with Him, so that we can be secure in who He says He is, so that we can understand His person and His character. He honors His word above His own name, and so you can trust Him today. Father, I thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your love. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Give us a fresh revelation of you as our shepherd. Give us a deep trust. Give us a deep peace, a deep sense of contentment in, your, in our hearts so that we know that everything's fine as long as you're with us. I thank you, Lord, for healing the sick right now. I curse every sickness. I curse every bondage. I curse every devil. I curse every every attack on your life. And I thank you that Jesus, the shepherd, is being let loose as the one who fights and leads us, Lord. You lead us with your staff and you fight with your rod. So lead and fight for those listening. Why don't you just invite him to do that right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an awesome time. I want to remind you, Jesus School is now a reality. We begin in fall of 2018. If you would like to join us at Jesus School, come move to Orlando. Give us a year of your life so that we can pour into you and and, and live in the glory of God with you. It would be an honor. It's going to be myself, Jessica, Eric Gilmore, Todd White, uh, Brian Guerin, Daniel Kalenda, Lou Engel, Pastor Benny, Sister Pinya from the Sisters of Mary, and so many more. Uh, it's going to be an all-out, glorious time. One year of your life catching the fire of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to go to jesusschool.tv for more info for Jesus School. And Jesus 18 is December 12 through 15. There's an early bird registration right now. I want to invite you. There's so many people coming. Heidi's back with us. Claudio Frizon, Bethel Music is with us for the first time. So much going on, and I also want to encourage you, please partner with us. Consider being our partner. Consider standing with this ministry. Help us take the gospel to the nations of the world, telling the whole world how much Jesus loves them and seeing him set people free. Okay, I love you. Be sure to follow me. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get them weekly as soon as they come out. And follow us on Facebook. You can go to my public page, Michael Kulianos. And uh, the ministry page is Jesus Image. On Instagram, it's Michael Culianos. You can follow Jess at, at Jess Culianos. And on Twitter, I'm, I'm Culianos. I think I've covered it. I love all of you, okay? Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. To get daily teaching from-
from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.